Welcome to Rugged Rants, a tough and at times a bold conversation on the future of innovation and what we can expect as work changes. I'm your host, Barry Ross, and on today's show, we are discussing Android, the popular operating system that dominates market share globally for smartphones. However, our audience may or may not be aware that Android is also an increasingly popular platform for enterprise devices, not just consumer devices. With the recent launch of our new Android Power 10-inch rugged tablet, we invited a friend from Google to discuss the operating system and its use in the enterprise environment. My guest, Jack Weixel, head of global partnerships for Android dedicated devices. Jack, it's great to have the show. Great to be here. Thanks, Barry. So let's jump to it. Uh, as usual, there's a few questions. Uh, so from your perspective, how has Android evolved from a consumer operating system to a full-on enterprise platform? Yeah, well, first of all, Android really is an open source operating system that can address many use cases. Now, a lot of folks associated as a consumer operating system because of the success in the smartphone business. And, you know, f quite frankly, for a long time, we focused on the consumer angle of the smartphone business. But what we noticed over time is that a lot of clever entrepreneurs were figuring out that many people wanted to use this in a business setting. And it starts with being able to access email, but it extends to being able to access corporate resources, uh, private apps, uh, things that you do on a, on a business basis. And for obvious reasons, IT departments wanted to secure that data, manage devices properly, and needed solutions to be able to accomplish what they want. So it's great that all, all of these folks created these types of solutions, but that was creating fragmentation because they were all proprietary solutions. And uh, you know, th this, was, this was causing a bit of an issue from Google's side uh, because this was being reflected on Android as, as having issues where, in some cases, it was just the nature of the solutions that were being delivered. So you, we needed to really focus on the business side of things and figure out how we can add to the platform and accomplish certain things that would help our customers, our joint customers with our partners, be able to do their business and accomplish their goals in ways that, that were not happening previously. Yeah, so I think that's interesting when you said that this is driven by that entrepreneurial spirit, like so many things in the digital world, which I think is great. But when we start talking about, and I think you touched on a little bit with fragmentation, what are some of the other challenges you think you know, our enterprise customers face that Android can help solve? Sure. I mean, some of the things that we've seen in the marketplace is the increasing use of mobile devices to essentially be the presentation layer for the digital business. There's, there's a massive digital transformation going on right now, a lot of data being collected, uh, a lot of information being analyzed. How do you actually allow someone to take action on this? And, you know, this, this could range from someone using a device in a warehouse to be able to scan packages that come in. That's a mobile device that uh, allows this input to be made back to, obviously, a cloud or, or some server somewhere. Um, but devices were being deployed using the Android operating system to, to act as those scanners. Um, if, you've, you, if you've received a package lately from UPS or FedEx uh, or the Postal Service and it requires some type of signature, it's probably being scanned by an Android device. Mm. Uh, if you take a look at it, it looks like a very rugged smartphone, and uh, that's, that's typically an Android device being deployed 
you know, with an app to be able to do anything from, you know, like in this case, uh, signing for and accepting a package. And so I think that's a perfect example, right? When we talk about scanning packages for that last mile, uh, you know, retail use case, which is great. And, and so when you think about that as an example, Jack, so what types of enterprise customers or verticals do you see Android growing in? There's many verticals because Android addresses so oh, many right. uh, use cases. Uh, there's obviously a ton, but, you know, we, we see a ton uh, of activity in the retail, transportation, logistics, warehousing, healthcare. Uh, and, and these are these use cases ranging from being able to consolidate devices. So, for example, in the retail sector, uh, I worked with a large retailer that would have associates trying to help customers. And depending on what they wanted to do, if they want to look up price, they want to look up inventory, they yeah. wanted to check status of an order, anything that they would naturally do, they might have to go to a workstation, use a different device, <laughs> spend time searching for that device or logging information in. And instead, what they've rolled out is the capability to turn all of these uh, business applications into an app that runs on an Android device. So the associate always carries the device around with them. They have information at their fingertips. They can quickly respond to uh, customer requests or needs. And uh, their their life gets that much easier. Customer satisfaction <laughs> right. improves and then bottom line improves as well. So I love stories about increasing efficiency, especially in retail. You know, one of the the verticals that's always stymied me because I don't hear a lot of applications or use cases is in the government sector. So are, are there any like creative use cases you see in the government uh, sector vertical that you can talk about? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, some examples are, as you know, in the U.S., obviously, the census is coming up. This is happening globally. There's a number of groups that have deployed Android and census taking scenarios where uh, they're, they're using an app or they're using a device that runs a particular app. That's all the device does. Uh, it's it's pinned in what we call kiosk mode. So it's a mobile device, but it's just running a single app to be able to, to take uh, to take the census. You know, that, that's an example. Obviously, there's office workers in government that use mobile devices, and we've even seen them deployed in Battlefield. Oh. Uh, so yeah, across the board, we, we've seen issues in, uh, or we've seen deployments in government. And an important piece here is that this is where our work with partners come in, because the partners will add capabilities ranging from regulatory requirements uh, to other issues that are necessary, and they add that value on top of Android to be able to deliver what governments need that maybe the private sector doesn't. Yeah, and I think with the help of partners, I think, uh, to your point, I think that probably can expand the value uh, of Android, especially because I haven't heard the census-taking example. Uh, and, and so I think that, that that is super helpful for me in terms of understanding you know, where that uh, government value is. And, and so one of the things that I know you and I've talked about in the past is how does Android help with security? And, and of course, in the government sector, like any other sector, security is you know first and foremost from an IT perspective. But but how does uh, Android help with security? Yeah, no, that's a great question. And number one, I should emphasize that security really is job one for the mm -hmm. Android team. Uh, and this, we've built security in multiple levels uh, into Android devices, starting with our work at the hardware level itself. 
and and what in our work with the chipset vendors, to the APIs that exist in uh, the Android operating system that enable the EMMs to that and enterprise mobility management software companies to be able to manage those devices in the way that the customer actually needs. So there's there's multiple la- layers that we built into the operating system, and then on top of that, places are. Play services itself will continually scan the device to make sure that it's not rooted, it's not compromised, there hasn't been malware right. loaded onto the device. So this it's not just a one-time issue. It's an ongoing security check with the device and, and the software that happens to be running on it. Yeah, and so that's super important for our listeners to know that, as we've always known, that Android is a secure platform, but you're just hearing it right now uh, from Google themselves and Jack. So I think that's great. And, And so if you pull back a little bit from security, and so if you think about what an IT decision maker does, what would you tell you know, someone in IT who makes those decisions about deploying Android? What should they know about deploying Android? Okay, well, the first thing is they should understand, the IT department should understand that with a corporate device, they're, con- they're in complete control with how devices deployed or utilized. Uh, and this, this ranges from office workers that bring their own device to devices that are issued by the corporation itself. U- using the Android's enterprise APIs, we can enable on a personal device uh, you, you could think of it as a virtual user or a corporate uh, folder on that device that mm. runs only business applications. The IT manager completely controls, and it's totally separate from anything that's personal on the device. The, the, the corporation can't see any of the data, can't access anything wow. that, that, that is personal. Privacy is totally con- uh, totally controlled. And yet, access to corporate resources, uh, locking off the ability to take screenshots and then email them on a personal email. None of that is enabled. With a corporate device, you can, if you're an IT department, you can allow some flexibility to the user. Uh, And one issue that comes up all the time is Play Store. Uh, People think of Play Store as being completely open and you can download anything. (laughs) Right. If, if If you have a corporate device, you can control what that Play Store is. You create your own private version of the Play Store. So you could say these three third-party apps are available for download. You know, these four private apps are, are available for download. You can, as an IT department, control what's on the device by removing that Play Store and just <laughs> pushing those apps to the device. You can even change. When, when I talked about the, the, the uh, delivery scenario, if you think about a mobile device and, and what it looks like, a smartphone, uh, and then you think about an app that happens to be running, which might be the package delivery and the little box to go ahead and sign in. As an IT department, you could deploy the device in such a way that the only thing that appears is that app that gives you the ability wow. to scan a package and, and sign in. So it's, it, it isn't, you aren't constrained in terms of you must live in the smartphone world you have complete control to be able to deliver this device in the manner that you want to see it roll out. And I, I think that is super important to know from anyone in IT that you do have that level of control with Android, especially uh, the Play Store. And I'm not sure how many of our listeners know that, but you know, we started talking a little bit, bit before about partners and how important partners are uh, to Android and Google. So when we're talking about you know, system integrators as partners, how do they fit in into the enterprise uh, world? 
Sure. The, so first off, we've created all these APIs that allow you to manage device in a, in a consistent way, right? Lots of flexibility in how you deploy and how you manage it, but it can be done consistently so that depending on who the systems integrator or what software they're deploying doesn't force you to be limited in terms of your choices. Right. If if you have an Android device being deployed properly, you you can choose the device, you can choose the software managing it. You know, that's entirely up to you. But the, typically, the systems integrator will be the one that will deploy the software platform to manage the device. And what that software does is take advantage of all the APIs to be able to set the device up much like I talked about earlier, just with the user interface, right. but also be able to do things like like control settings. You know, I've, <laughs> I had uh, I was talking to one particular company that was concerned about their drivers turning off GPS at certain times and going off the grid and not really wanting this to be tracked or reported. Uh, you, you can control, for example, <laughs> you can't you can't turn off GPS. You know, those types of settings. So, depending on what the the, the concerns are for the organization, that's all controlled by having a systems integrator or uh, a, a, an in-house person, actually, uh, IT person, utilizing software from uh, an enterprise mobility management company uh, to be able to control those settings, what the device looks like, and so forth. So that's, that's actually everything about the Android. And I should say this, Android, we don't think of as an operating system. We think of it as an ecosystem. So, so whether it's the device manufacturer, the as we call it, the EMM, uh, the app developers, that's all part of the ecosystem that makes Android a success. Yeah, and that's an important differentiation. I'm glad you got to it. It's more of an ecosystem and what you do with that ecosystem that drives value to any of our customers. And, and so when you start thinking about that value, right, there's a lot of catchphrases that are being, you know, talked about these days, you know, one of which is, you know, machine learning and AI. And so one of the questions I have for you is, you know, how does Android utilize machine learning and AI in, in, in enterprise applications? Yeah, you know, that's another great question. And we, we also we kind of a joke that I work for Google. So at some point I have to talk about machine learning anyway. <laughs> but it's, it's particularly pertinent here uh, because if you think about machine learning, AI, you typically think about it as a well, we think about it as a cloud offering, right? It's being handled by the power of the cloud. And yet there's scenarios where you would actually want something local uh, to be able to run because you don't want the lag time or um, you know the delay in being able to take certain actions. And we have a couple of capabilities depending on whether you're an AI expert or machine learning expert or just want to take advantage of it that we enable on Android devices. Uh, one that we call TensorFlow Lite would enable you, if you're an expert, to be able to build applications that leverage machine learning. Oh, wow. And I'll give you an example. <laughs> the, the, there's a pest control company we work with, and uh, they were trying to build an application at, for their new as well as experienced users, or employees, to be able to use to, to help them do their job. And I guess the example I can use that that illustrates this is when I think of pest control, when I think I think of immediately as roaches, right? <laughs> you know, sure. in a restaurant environment, whatever. Well, it turns out there's just a ton of different types of roaches. And if you don't use the proper um, remedy to be able to control this infestation, it won't work. Wow. So what this pest control company did is they, they did have people that were 
machine learning experts, and they built an app that allowed a user to be able to take a photo of a particular roach. It immediately identified using machine learning what that uh, what type of roach that was, be able to outline exactly what the the remedy should be. Uh, pest control is taken care of, uh, issue solved. So wow. that worked out quite well. If someone <laughs> walked off the street, brand new employee, they could use this device to immediately become an expert. That's that's the power of being able to do it on the mobile phone. I have to tell you something, Jack. That that is the best use case I've heard in a long time. There's a lot of smiles around the studio. That's <laughs> yeah. uh, that's interesting. So you don't really have to know in that in that situation what type of cockroach that is. You just need to snap a picture, and that's where AI does the work for you. Is is that is that accurate? Exactly. That's exactly right. And you know, there, there's a there's another take on that, by the way, where you happen to not be a machine learning expert, you want to take advantage of AI anyway. And in particular, <laughs> this, this particularly hits home because it's tax season. We work with a tax preparation company. Um, and this tax preparation company has users, many of them use their mobile phones to be able to file their tax returns. And obviously, anybody that's filed a tax return knows all the different data that's got to be input in all the various forms. And you know, it takes quite a while, particularly if you're doing it on a mobile device. So what this company wanted to do was speed this up and increase the accuracy. Because if you oh. type something wrong, it could obviously create lots of problems. Well, as it turns out, um, on the back of most people's driver's license is a barcode that contains all their information, you know, their location, uh, you know, their legal name, so on and so forth. And they could use a capability uh, that we built into Android where you don't have to be a machine learning expert, but you can take advantage. It's called ML Kit, and you could take advantage of uh, pre-built capabilities so that they employ the ability to scan the back of your driver's license, pre-populate your form, wow. and not only reduce a lot of the effort, but ensure that you're reducing the errors that you could just by data entry mistakes as you're typing. So depending on whether you're an expert or not an expert, you can still take advantage of this type of capability on the, the mobile phone itself. Yeah, that's uh, I did not know that. That's uh, that's impressive and, and interesting, especially on tax season. So I, <laughs> I, I think you know it, it, it's funny because to me these are all like you know innovative applications of Android that's here now. And, and so my next question is. You know, that's the here and now. We're talking about machine learning and AI. What does, from your perspective, innovation look like for Android in the next five years? That you can talk about. Sure. You know, and it's this is this is my favorite parts of uh, of working in this particular sector because I'm seeing all sorts of innovative uses of Android right now. And I, I think that one thing that Google is really good at is understanding what the trends in the market are and then creating technologies that makes that easier. Uh, and this is you know, this is a perfect example of that. So that, for example, we, we talked about retail, right? You know, there's a lot of retailers that want to reduce friction and make it easier for folks to come in and, and do shopping. Uh, and what I see right now is a lot of activity around using devices so the checkout can be enabled in a shopping aisle. You, you might have started something uh, on your Chrome browser at home. Uh, by the time you walk into a store, you can get whatever you need, wow. uh, do a checkout right in the aisle, never even go to the checkout lane. Uh, digital displays could be utilized in a retail environment. Anything from obviously being able to have a sign about some particular garment item offer and so forth. It also can be used as a kiosk. 
so that you'd be able to find information, uh, understand where items might happen to be in the store, maybe provide a special offer because of your loyalty status. Uh, there, there's no end to what I see in retail. And, and I've seen scenarios, for example, in rental agencies where they want to completely remove a counter wow. and have customers walk onto a lot, you know, see uh, whoever the associate is that happens to be out in the lot, quickly sign in, rent a car, walk out. And, and it's all about reducing friction. Uh, so so these are these are some simple examples of where we see Android expanding well beyond the smartphone uh, scenario. And, and maybe some of these Devices that look like tablets or look like something similar to what you're used to, but used in a lot of different innovative ways. Yeah, you know, it's funny, Jack, after you kind of rattle off all those kind of innovation trends, I think it's safe to say you, you probably don't get bored at your job. Uh, it's probably quite I the opposite. certainly don't get bored. <laughs> yeah, no doubt, no doubt. So, 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 Jack, just if you could give me three points of what we talked about today, and, we, and we've talked about a lot, no doubt, you know, what would be some key listener takeaways from today's program? The things you want our listener to remember from our 10, 12 minutes. Sure. Yeah. First off, Android is business ready, right? Right. Yeah, to your point, a lot of people think of it as a consumer operating system. It's really much, much more than that. And underpinning that is the fact that, as I mentioned, security is job one. That that's absolutely the core of everything that we do, particularly in the enterprise marketplace. That's that's a huge concern. And again, when I talk about the difference between OS and ecosystem, there's a rich ecosystem of Android partners who are continuously leveraging what we've done to create innovative solutions to customer challenges. It, it, and to that extent, really, we're only just getting started. This is just the tip of the iceberg in terms of what we're going to see down the line. Yeah, and I, I, I totally agree. You know, it, I think, you know, as more and more companies, enterprises look at Android for enterprise, I think the fact that it is business ready, security is job number one, and you do have a rich ecosystem of partners only make things better. And and I just want to say, Jack, it's been great having you on the show. But before we leave, I know we're almost out of time. You know, one last question. What is one thing that you love about your job? <laughs> okay, there's so many things I actually love about my job. But, but I, I got to tell you, I sit in a really interesting place where obviously I'm working with a lot of the engineers that are building these solutions. But I spend an awful lot of time in the field with partners and their customers at the end of the day. So really, I, I get to see some amazing technologies created in, in the labs at Google. And then I see magicians and our partners yeah. building products that enable things that we didn't even think about a few years ago and making people's lives interesting, making people's lives better. And just to watch that entire flow is just amazing. So it, it never gets old. Jack, I just want to say thank you again for coming on the show. Sure. Thanks, Barry. I really appreciate it. That's it for us. I'm Barry Ross. And that was another episode of Rugged Rants. Tune in to new episodes and look out for an announcement coming soon related to Rugged Rants. As work continues to evolve, we are too.